0: Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could
1: forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood. Guts,
0: more than a few bullet casings, love, Aww. despair, <laughs> tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the host themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they
1: choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. Someone there? Who is it? Mitch, this isn't usual, is it? We've been out back looking at the chickens. Something seems to be wrong with them.
2: There's nothing wrong with those chickens, Mitch.
1: That's the damnest thing I ever saw. I know it seemed to swoop down at you deliberately. Birds are not aggressive creatures, Miss. They bring beauty into the world. It is mankind rather who insists upon making it difficult for life to exist upon this planet. I mean, birds just don't go around attacking people without no reason. You know what I mean?
0: I think we're in real
1: trouble. Huh?
0: I don't know how this started or why, but I know it's here and we'd be crazy to ignore it.
2: To ignore what? The bird war? Yes, the bird war, the bird attack. Play- call it what you like. They're massing out there someplace and they'll be back. You can count on it.
1: I keep telling you, this isn't a few birds. These are gulls, crows, swifts. I have never known birds of different species to flock together. The very concept is unimaginable. Why? If that happened, we wouldn't have a chance.
0: Get yourselves guns and wipe them off the face of the earth.
2: It's the end of the world.
0: Thus saith the Lord God unto the mountains and the hills and the rivers and the valleys Behold, I, even I, shall bring a sword upon you and I will devastate your high places. Hello and welcome to Real Zodiac. And, uh, we are in the horror genre section of our little Zodiac spill, and uh, with me, as always, is the Hall to my oats,
1: Quentin. <laughs> How you doing, Amanda?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Ah, well, you know what? You make me feel, you know? Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love hauling oats, and so the fact that you brought... Oh, thank you. Just thank you.
0: That was a good duo. I was like, I don't think i thrown a music one in there yet. So yeah.
1: And that's right up my alley. So you did, you did good today.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, our first time guest today is also a fan of some Holland Oats. And, uh, I welcome my mother, Barbara.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you for coming on, mom and doing your first podcast. I'm <laughs> ready. Right. Uh, good. Alright, so, uh, this movie we're covering is an oldie from 63 by the infamous, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. And all I can say is I know I watched this movie to young, at a young age, and I'm not saying that my mom made me watch it, but it might have been on because she's always been a kind of like a scary movie fan. So, uh, she definitely led me in the right direction to get some, uh, good movie genres under my belt so thank you mom <laughs> you're
2: so welcome you're so welcome
0: <laughs> i had to have been about like a oh probably about like five or six or so i think maybe when i watched this for the first time
2: i don't exactly remember i know we lived on the farm and we had the big like satellite dish the big giant one mm-hmm. and i was so excited because the birds was coming on I might have tried to get you to go play in your room, but I know I didn't turn the movie off, but you were a smart girl, you knew the difference between realistic realistic and what was on a movie, so. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's good that you were, because I definitely wasn't. I thought everything (laughs) that was happening on a TV screen was, like, real footage for, you know, like, most of my childhood, so... Yeah, I, I could not imagine watching this as a young kid and going outside and seeing <laughs> actual birds and not wanting to scream.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of birds, though, so I don't know if it's because of this movie, but I <laughs> just am not. When I see a lot of them, I'm like, mm, no.
1: What are they doing? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> They're plotting.
0: Definitely plotting. But yeah, um. So, Mom, you were excited for it to come on back, that would probably be in the 80s. In the 80s,
2: yes. Had you watched it before that? Oh, yes. I watched it as a child. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first time I watched it was probably with one of my older brothers and sisters. And I vaguely remember pieces of it at the drive-in. So, I do believe I watched Watched it at the drive in. I was an Alfred Hitchcock fan most of my childhood. <laughs> so I always thought he was a genius. So, you know, I don't know that he was easy to work with. I've read a lot of different things about him, but, but I always enjoyed and looked forward to his movies.
0: Mhm. Yeah, he definitely made some good, scary movies. That's for sure. And I'm guessing Uncle Rex is probably the older brother that took you to this.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking it was probably more like Aunt Nancy. It was either Rex or Nancy. But <laughs> I'm leaning more towards Nancy. <laughs> we can ask We can ask her later. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, sounds like it's a family uh, trend then.
2: But... Or, a few, or a few of us. I know my mom wasn't a fan of horror movies, but I don't know. I think my dad pretty much would watch anything that would get him on the edge of his seat. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up with three channels on the TV and everything was censored and everything was censored in the theater. So, you know, we didn't have all the access to entertainment that you
1: kids grew up with.
2: Yeah,
0: and let alone what kids are growing up with now.
1: Right. Amen to that.
0: Yeah, because even uh, Quentin and I have talked about that sometimes, too, like what I grew up versus with what he grew up, because um
2: he's more of a closer like Caitlin's age. So, mm-hmm. OK, well, you know, Caitlin, yeah, Caitlin grew up with some different things, too, more so than what you did. So mm-hmm. technology has changed a lot. So what is your, like, favorite scene from the birds or the one that scared you the most as a child? Oh, it has to be
0: the scene where, where the, um not the kids at the school, but the birthday party. Because, like, some of those birds are, like, like right on the kids. And I think that one freaked me out the most because they're just at, at their home, you know. They were mm-hmm. just doing regular day-to-day stuff versus the school scene they're already running because they can already see the birds there and know it's going to happen. But the scene in that where the girl falls with the glasses,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: distinctly remember that for my childhood too. Mhm. I do too. I've always remembered that scene. Mhm. What about you, Quentin?
1: When was the first time I saw this or when yeah, what was the first scariest? I saw this. Uh, I this
0: was the first time. But... Today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I um What's wrong with you yeah, <laughs> something that Amanda likes to do is well, I mean, it's not even just her, but it's like a running thing where we'll review a movie and it'll be like my first time seeing it ever, and so I don't know if that's good or bad i i I'm telling you guys right now, and this is mostly to our audience, I'm not a cinephile in the way that I should be. I don't watch a lot of classic movies. I just watch a lot of bad movies over <laughs> and over again to the point where, like, I know what's going on. But, like, with these older movies, I just, I need to sit down and watch a lot of them. I mean, I've seen Psycho, you know. I've seen Rear View Mirror or Window. Yeah, Window. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's like it in the Hitchcock series. So seeing birds, I was really excited. I mean, you talked to me about it the other day and I was like, oh my God, please can we do this. Cause I need a reason to watch this. And yeah, I, I saw this for the first time today and, um, man, what a powerful film. I know we're going to get into it, but I can totally see why this and it's heyday was like what we would assume a great scary movie is nowadays. I can't even like give you one that like hereditary to me. That's like a -hmm. a modern day horror film that stands the test of time. And I would even say the conjuring in a sense. Um, but, yeah, this film I could believe would be like in people's nightmares for forever. And like you said, Amanda, it had that impact on you that you might even be scared of birds because of this, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I, this was the first time I watched it and I'd have to say the scene that probably scared me the most is all of them coming out of the, uh, chimney mm-hmm. or the fireplace. Sorry. like, in groves, and I was just sitting, I was like, "Oh my God, what is going on? Like I thought they really escalated this to like a point where you know you saw a few birds here and there, and they were like hitting the windows or doors and like nicking at people, but like this was like a full on bird attack, and it was kind of our first introduction to it, but they weren't they were just kind of around and just being annoying they weren't like attacking in a way. But it was still just so scary. I'm just imagining, like, how do you even come back from that?
0: Yeah, that in itself. Well, because that attack was sparrows, which initially the individual attacks were all the seagulls. And that's they're big birds, and they've got hefty beaks. So that's scary in itself. But then, yeah, having that many sparrows just invade your home because you think you're safe in your four walls. But that scene is actually – was a little bit of inspiration. There was a short story that Hitchcock kind of took this story from, and then there was also an actual event that happened, a couple different events, but there was one on the East Coast where somebody's home was invaded by a bunch of birds coming down through the chimney and out of the fireplace. So this stuff has happened. Facts. That's scary.
1: That is very scary. It's kind of like the story – of when Wes Craven was like figuring out what, uh, like to whenever he was doing Nightmare on Elm Street, he was going back and looking at stories of people who would actually die, um, and or die in their sleep and they're like teenagers and like they would talk about somebody following them in their dreams and like, you know, this was like an actual thing, but so like it's interesting that another director here and obviously he, he did it first, um, but like, using a story and creating the fear that was of an isolated incident into this, you know, like global phenomenon that we know now as the birds.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So mom, um, what was, yeah. Standout scenes for you.
2: The standout scenes for me, the one I think is that sticks in my mind that you sometimes see, replicas of on Halloween and it's not a big dramatic moment as far as like a lot of people but when when Tippi Melanie is goes to the bench outside the school and lights her cigarette Mm -hmm. and is waiting for the children to finish singing their song and she's nervous because she wants them to come out or you know wants to go talk to the teacher and we could see the birds flying in behind her, mm-hmm. but she can't see the, she has her back too. And then the camera pulls away and all the crows are on the jungle gym and all over all the play equipment. Mm-hmm. I just think that like all the air gets sucked out of the room right then. You're like, <gasps> cause you don't know what's going to happen to her. If she's going to make it back to the school or, you know, what's, going to happen and I think it's because it's crows they're a little bit creepier to me
0: mm-hmm. oh definitely yeah
2: they're, sure. they're a little bit smarter
0: and, those and then the,
2: the school when the kids are running down the street from the school and that that is always a scene that like you said Amanda that sticks in my mind when the children are running away from the school but that that jungle Jim crow picture I think is just one it's that terrifying. Kind of sticks in your mind <laughs>
0: Oh, And I totally, totally get that, too, because I guess I didn't realize in that scene that they're all kind of like just coming in willy nilly behind her. But you're right, because they cut to an image of it where there's just some and then it cuts back again. And then there's like hundreds. Right. And I used to have a, a jungle gym on the playground at school that was like that.
2: Right. That big was,
0: metal square one. Did you play on it?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> or did I you avoid it? I played on it and fell off of it, but yeah. (laughs) I also read that some of the birds that were used in the movie were mechanical, and some of them were not. But I don't know which ones were mechanical and which ones were not.
1: I could definitely see the ones that were, like, practical because of, like, how they were... I mean, you could tell they were just lifeless, but instead of, like, thinking that that looks cheap, I think they used it to their advantage to show, like... Um, like these birds, they're like, they've lost their minds, you know, and like you had that lifeless quality in their eyes and it just shows how, you know, this, it's like mother nature is taking over and she's using these birds as like the, the ultimate evil to, you know hurt these people and I think the best way or the best one that I like a lot of the mechanical birds that you're talking about there Barb is when they're in the house and Melanie is attacked like in that room towards the Uh end of the film there's like so many of these birds that you can tell aren't real but they're just like oh it's still just so frightening to watch and I'm saying this as you know a 25 year old in 2020 watching this film for the first time. And I was feeling it, you know, I was feeling the fear that, you know, I could only assume would have been felt around in the sixties. Oh yeah. Well,
2: and you have to remember, we were so sheltered from anything that was, you know, I mean, we had TV went off at midnight. It came on at, I think six or seven in the morning and we had three channels and, we watched what was on those three channels and what came to our drive in or to our theater, and that's it. I right. mean, so when something like this came to town, it was a very big deal.
1: Yeah, I could, I could, oh my gosh, like I, I'm thankful for, for where we're at, you know, now where it comes to home entertainment, but like back then, I, Yeah, I probably would have been outside so much more as a kid if (laughs) if that was the case. But, you know, it's just so funny to think that, you know, we are where we are right now because of the way technology is. And, I mean, I'm just so used to being able to put on the TV whatever I want now instead of, like, having to wait. You know, like, say, I mean, right now, you know, like, uh, something that's really big is, you know, The Walking Dead and, you know, Having somebody say, Oh man, I got to get home at 8 to watch it. I'm just like, Well, I mean, if I miss it, I'll just, you know, I'll stream it later, you know? And so it's just crazy (laughs) to think that cable is dying because of how these streaming services are taking off. And I mean, I streamed this movie, I didn't go out and rent it, you know? I just, I found it online and I put it on and that was that, you know? And that's just how the media is getting their entertainment through movies. Um, especially where we are now, but um, it's just, it's crazy. But at the same time, I'm so thankful to have this sort of entertainment and especially this movie to watch that reminds me, you know, this, you gotta, you gotta keep yourself and you gotta keep the movie humble from where it was to where it is now. Mm -hmm. You said something
2: about the bedroom scene and I did a little bit of, I've always, been kind of a fan of Tippy Hedren and fought her story. And she's kind of an unknown before she made this movie with Alfred Hitchcock. He discovered her. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, but she went through a lot of stuff to make this movie. It took six months to film and they actually shut her in the room with those birds. Some of like, them were for real? Yeah, for real. Uh, It took five days to shoot that scene, and they tied some of the doves, ravens, and pigeons to her clothes, and they pecked her. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I mean, but I mean, she went. That's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother story. It's um, actors and actresses, women, what they went through so that they could act Mm
1: -hmm. to get
2: their name out there. Yeah. things were different then they didn't have any rights so um but she went through a lot to make that, that movie oh man and if you get a chance you know watch some of her uh, biographies or read up on her because she went through a lot of stuff with it making this movie and the movie that followed it called marnie
0: ooh marnie i'll have to put that on the list <laughs> Don't know what that one's about, but I will look it up later. Okay. <laughs> but man, and
2: when she was this is a funny fact too. Um she was a model and she was did a commercial for a drink called Sego, which was a diet drink. And Alfred Hitchcock saw her on this commercial and he had his people go find her and offer her a job. On Friday the 13th, 1961, she was offered the role in this movie. On Friday, 13th. On Friday the thirteenth. On Friday the thirteenth. This is making
0: this movie like way more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh did you know um her granddaughter is an actress out there and about right now? Uh no, Dakota okay. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? And-
1: Hold up. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Tippi's her grandma.
1: Wow. And you mm-hmm. know what is crazy? I thought that I saw a hint of Dakota Johnson in her. So that is insane.
0: Yep.
1: But I was like, nah, there's no way. So I just like, you know, I just (laughs) like... like,
0: That was a weird
2: thought. That was leading. (laughs) Wow. Is there any, like, anything about the movie, uh, Quentin, that you thought maybe... Could have been a little more realistic. I mean, we know this movie was made in the 1960s, so, you know, they didn't have all of the special effects that we have now. But right. anything that you thought looked a little bit fake besides some of the mechanical birds?
1: Yeah, the cars. I mean, just them driving. Um you can tell like the green screen or whatever like uh whatever they were using. Or the
0: rolling in. screen. Yeah,
1: thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can tell they weren't really driving. Right. In a lot of and it was
1: it was funny because she was having that discussion with um please help me. Uh who's Annie? Is it
0: Annie? Mm-hmm. Annie um, the teacher. Yeah,
1: yeah. She was having a discussion Flash with my ex girlfriend. Right. Yeah. That, oh, I want to get to that in a second. Um, (laughs) the way that Annie was talking to her and Melanie was in the car, like it would, it would cut to Melanie with like that backdrop. And then it would cut to Annie and it was like a normal set. And so I just thought that was so odd. Like they had to, anytime the car was like in view, they had to make sure to use like some type of screen or a background that just did not look right. But I mean, that's one minor thing. And you know, that's just how they filmed stuff back then. And that's fine. Like it never bothered me. But it, I just, you know, you can't, you can't help but just like think, man, I can't believe this was like passable back then.
2: What did you think they used for fake? What was the blood?
1: <laughs> oh I, yeah, I don't
2: remember watching? It's really red. It's
1: just it's red paint. Like, it it is looks it like
2: paint. Yeah, that's what I thought. It looked like paint. But yeah. I don't ever like watching it again today. I don't remember ever thinking it looked that fake. <laughs> but maybe yeah. I was watching for more detail today, and I was like, "Oh, I don't." You know that does not look real at all. <laughs> But, but I, for the I, time, it probably was.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, it. I couldn't imagine, like, sitting in the theater and looking at that and being like, oh, my God, there's so much blood in this film. I'm mm-hmm. sure there
2: was, though. It was pretty shocking.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, <laughs> with movies today, this is nothing. But, yeah, yeah. like I said, I'm <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, you're on here to kind of give us that, you know, that sense of of time, you know. I was trying to make sure I worded that very well.
2: That's that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) I I would say, you know, it's better to have a birthday than to not have a birthday. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, But yeah, uh, just another non scary scene, but man, um, I just, for all reasons, because of the scene in this movie, but I just want to, uh, put on a nice dress and a fur coat and buzz around in a motorboat.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's that's probably one of my favorite things about the movies from this era is, and when I was a little girl, I mean, to wear heels and smoke a cigarette and wear my hair in a French bun. I thought I would have everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it, it's so it made such an impression on me as a child. That whole sophisticated look, you know. Oh yeah. Even, even dialing the phone, the rotary phone with a pencil.
1: I know, yeah. Yeah,
0: because okay, you didn't ever want to use your real finger because you didn't want to ruin your manicure, break your nail, right? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but all those things made such an impression on me as a child. <laughs>
0: Oh, So true. And that reminds me of my little old lady, Marilyn, that comes in every week. She was telling me about how she's glad that she doesn't have to wear gloves every single day. Gloves and a hat. And, you know, she's 85, so she definitely was in her peak moment, kind of like in this era. Right. I was like, like, oh, I was like, yeah, you probably did have to wear gloves every day. She's like, yep, ladies had to do things like that back then.
2: (laughs) Well, we did. We couldn't wear pants to school until I was in the fifth grade, and they changed the rule that we could start wearing pants. But when we went to church, you had to wear a hat, and you had to wear gloves. Wow.
1: So I don't know. I'm. want to ask because, like, I, it's not even a question, sorry, um, but, like, I want to transition to the actual, like, way this film takes its time with the plot and the antagonist, which we're going to just say are the birds, obviously. But this this film, because it's it's crazy to think that this is a horror film, but, I mean, it is in every aspect, but the movie does a great job of making this a story first, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, taking its time, fleshing out these characters, letting you know who they are, their motivations, why they are where they are, and like sprinkling in just a little bit of like, here's a bird here, here's a bird that's kind of frantic, Mm -hmm. because I mean, me watching this film, I'm constantly looking at the birds, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen, when are they going to strike, what are they doing, are they doing something behind, you know, what we're watching right now, but the fact that the film like is almost kind of like a love story. In a sense, towards mm-hmm. the beginning, and until all the way up to whenever she drops the uh, the two lovebirds off and the letter, and she's heading back, you know, you're just you're kind of caught up in the moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like, am I am I watching a freaking you know, rom com or just like a, rom- a romance <laughs> film? And I was into it. Like I was really enjoying it. I I didn't care that I knew that there's going to be something. You know, sinister going to be happening soon, and I mean, it does. It happens right after that. But I was invested, and I still am. Like, I want to see these two, you know, get together. And whenever you know they're talking about, like, is are you going to stay for the party? Why don't you stay for dinner? I mean, I'm just like, yes, please stay, Melanie. Like, I, I want to, I want to know more, and I want to see more Melanie and Mitch together because I like their chemistry mm-hmm. from when they're in the pet store to, you know towards the end there. I just think they did such a good job with this film in taking his time and Barb, I know that, like, I'm jealous of you because you got a lot of these films that didn't worry about catching you right away because, I mean, it already has you kind of anticipating a film like this because, like you said, you had three channels and a drive-in and a theater, you know? So, like, they can give you little bits like in a trailer and you're hooked and you want to see it. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like it is all about the shock value and making you Mm -hmm. want to get invested or whatever like hey check out this website for more. Swipe up on Snapchat to see you know interactions and all that. Like it's just this movie was just there and people went to go see it and it like landed perfectly to what it was needing to do.
2: Mm -hmm. That's what part of Hitchcock's genius though he was very good at reeling he knew how to reel in you know and I have to say I I get a little bit I almost feel like there's too many previews nowadays Mm -hmm. because I'll see a preview so I'll decide to watch the movie and I almost feel let down because it's not as big of an ending as I thought it was going to be or I feel like I watched the whole movie in the previews there's nothing left I must wish they would leave a little more to your imagination yeah definitely
1: true oh gosh don't even get me started on how they do yeah. <laughs> trailers and stuff like I I physically get angry um, because like they just show so much in trailers these days and like wow I just I, I know the whole story now you know like you, you want to be surprised in instances like that but yeah I mean I'm just I'm happy that I got to, I like, I get to experience a film like this because it was so much fun to just, like, I didn't touch my phone at all while I was watching it, you know? And that's very rare for me because, you know, if you get bored, you're going to just, oh, well, let's see what's going on, you know? But, and here, I just, I was there all the way. And it's a two hour movie.
0: I can't believe it was a full two hours.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: When I looked to check the time, I was like, wow, like, Two-hour movies didn't, for me, I felt like didn't become a thing until, like, probably, like, the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Early yeah. 2000s.
1: For sure. Everything was an hour and a half, and then you're good.
0: hmm Yeah, but this is a full two hours, and it didn't feel like two hours. Like, it was paced really well, and like you said at the beginning, Quentin, like, you just kind of get this little story between Melanie and Mitch, and I totally do like the fact that Melanie kind of, like, pursues him. Because I'm just assuming back in 63, that is not how that usually goes.
2: Well, she was a girl with a little bit of a reputation, if you got that from the little snippets that, from you know, his her, mom. her dad had some money and she was in the society him a lot. And so they sometimes made up lies about her. <laughs> right. Yeah, where she was like in the fountain or something like that. Uh-huh. In own,
0: yeah. Which I'd go dance in the fountain, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> you can do that now. But I like she had, like, this kind of free spirit attitude, which was Mm -hmm. not of the time. And she was the one that pursued him and brought these, like, little lovebirds and, like, asked around town, was, like, super polite to everyone. And everybody gave her the information that she needed. And she was able to get what she wanted done and was just going to drop off the gift and just kind of buzz out of town. And it... Yeah, totally wound Mitch up. He was like, ah, oh, hey, you're staying here for a while.
2: Yeah, that was, that, it, it was probably not the normal back in 1963.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. But, uh, I do have to giggle though, um, when she's driving there and she has the two birds in the cage and she's like driving those windy roads in California and they, the camera keeps showing like, like, so many camera shots in this are just amazing, but this is one of them I enjoyed. You can see the birds like swaying back and forth, like with each, you know, turn of her car, which I thought was kind of funny. It kind of made, gave me a little bit of a giggle.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's just cute.
2: Mm-hmm. The one part, and this isn't like necessarily a funny part, but when I watched it today, as, you know, versus watching it in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but there was a part when the children are running down the hill. Do you remember the part with the little girl in the blue ruffly dress? And she's like on the edge of the fence on the ground, and she's kicking her legs. Mm-hmm. Do either of you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why? But I just thought, okay, that looks not real at all to me. But <laughs> I don't know why I laughed today. But I don't think I laughed at it before. But I did today. <laughs> but. But uh, what about the gas explosion?
0: Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that until it started happening. I was like, wait a minute.
2: I did, too. But yeah, so I thought that was a pretty big explosion for that type of movie. Mm-hmm. But they for showed it budget. from far back, so I don't know if it was from someplace else, and they put it in the movie or if they actually made it for that movie.
1: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting that they did, like, the – the overshot, so, like, you're seeing the line of fire, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, like, really well done in terms of that. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how he got that shot to look so good.
0: Yeah, didn't have drones back then. Right. So it probably was maybe just an overhead image of the town, and they put the, like, they layered the fire on top of it, I'm guessing. Right. For back then, because this movie didn't have a huge budget, so. I don't know. I have to look into that more.
1: Let me see what the budget was. um, Unless you guys had it. Uh, The budget was 3.3 million and they had a box office of 11.4 million.
0: Wow. That's still a lot for then.
1: Yeah. I was going to say it, it, like if you got that number now, you're just like, Oh, well you, that's a Marvel movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But man, that's, that's really good. I enjoy that. I, I enjoy that. It, did so well in the theaters
2: oh it, it was a big deal but I mean and it got an award I think she got a golden globe for it but it mm-hmm. also the movie the birds was also inducted into some I can't remember the exact film sort of hall or, of fame or whatever hall of fame it got put into but I do remember that it got some award like it's a it's an archived
1: the National Famous. Film Registry. There we go. Yeah, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry, and it's deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the United States Library of Congress. Wow. Now,
0: why is
2: that, do you suppose?
0: Um, For me, I think it's because it, I mean, Hitchcock was introducing horror movies, and other people kind of were following suit. But most, for me, most horror movies you know, explain what's going on and what's happening. And this film did not. Like, why are these birds doing this? Why is it all of the kinds of birds? Because even, like, the old lady in the in the restaurant, you know, she's like, well, birds would never do that. They never, you know, mix together. That's just not a, not a thing. But if they ever did, we would never survive. And that's what all the birds were doing. And then there's the other kind of, like, The guy at the end of the bar, he's like, it's the end of the world. Right. Like, there's no explanation. And it ends open-ended. Like, they, quote-unquote, get out, but you don't know what happens to the rest of the town, why the birds did this thing, and it just leaves a big question. So I think this is one of the first horror movies that didn't have any answers. True. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But it's what it. I don't like to watch a lot of movies over and over again, but this is one that if it comes on, I will watch it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm happy to watch it.
1: I think one of the things I really enjoyed about this film is that there isn't really a big explanation as to why the birds are acting like this, unless yep. I totally missed it. But if if it was a movie now, there'd be like, well, it's the sonic waves in the air or you know like it's it's the telephones you know it's there'd have to be something or aliens you know there'd have to be something to kind of explain it or people would be like this movie sucked because it didn't give us a clear-cut answer as to why the birds were attacking
0: (laughs) oh sophie just woke up um (laughs) but yeah um and also i think for this movie there's no music there's no soundtrack. There's no there's no theme. There's no melody, which I think was probably a different thing.
2: Just I never thought about care. that, but you're right. There's not, but there didn't need to
0: be one. Because it's all the screeching of the birds. And the only right. music we get is um, Melanie playing the piano. And I am now convinced, or like, there's a reason why I've always loved this song, but she's playing a Claude Debussy, Clarity de Loon. Oh, oh, I love that song. Yeah, which, Claude Debussy is one of my favorite which your favorite, theaters, yeah. Right? And I heard her start playing it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, ah. Which is in tons of movies and stuff, and I would love the way it's always used in movies throughout all the years. But that's the only music in the movie.
1: Yeah, other than them singing that folk song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the kids? Yeah. yeah. But they don't he does i i feel like he doesn't even i don't know and this might just be me but he doesn't use it in a terms of like creating tension or fear it's just Mm-mm. you know like it's distracting not distracting is not the right it's not the right word i'm trying to use it's it's there but then you see the birds kind of um going on these uh on the jungle gym there but like it's not you know you're not getting like this full on horror scene, it's just kind of subtly happening with the music in the background. The tension so,
2: isn't building, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting that they use that. I mean, yeah, the the, the soundtrack is just the sound effects and the birds. Mm-hmm. And that's all and you need.
0: Well, and yeah, because you hear the flapping of the wings and then you start hearing them like screeching and making noises. And that's that is all the audio tension that you need
1: for real I agree
0: and I think that's amazing because you know a lot of like thrillers and horrors they definitely always use music
1: as a jump or at least scare like,
0: or like sound effects you know do different right. things to make you feel tension. like Jaws
2: you know mm-hmm. whenever you mm-hmm. heard the Jaws music coming you knew something really bad was about to happen right Which, But but this movie didn't need that it had more the element of surprise. You didn't know when it was going to happen.
0: Exactly. Which goes back to Quentin. I mean, you didn't know the whole birds were going to come out of the fireplace.
1: Yeah, and exactly. Yeah.
0: Music, music would have given it away.
2: <laughs> right. We didn't expect it. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> um, I have a fun fact for you. <laughs> and and for I didn't it. even realize this. Until I watched the movie, but when she's in the pet store and she's looking at the canaries and behind the counter, behind the sales lady, is a whole shelf of hearts bird seed that has a canary on the front of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't know if this was before or after the movie The Birds, (laughs) but like, there's a lady in town who raised canaries and everybody in our town had a canary. What? Everybody in our town fed it heart's bird seed. <laughs> and we had a canary and we fed it heart bird seed. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay, did that like boost the sale of canaries? <laughs> it had to. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, And I didn't notice that till today and I think it's because I was watching more closely and I was like, huh. I never <laughs> knew that I don't remember that scene till today. Like we had a canary, we had a heart's burn seat and so did all of my friends. <laughs> so anyway, oh, funny. So
0: funny. <laughs> that is funny. And uh, oh, that makes me uh, kind of want to talk about the initial, the first um, death that we see because we have um, Mitch's mom talking to her chicken feed seller guy on the phone. And you can tell something's right. wrong. Like that was some great acting because you, yeah, we all know there's nobody on the other end of it. But her reactions to whatever's being said to her, she was brilliant. I, yeah, the acting in this is just amazing. But she's like, "We well, well, know who go that is, right?"
2: Man. Jessica yes. Tandy. Do you mm-hmm. know? You remember her from other movies?
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
2: she's yeah, <laughs> I love her. Yeah,
0: but she was just so brilliant. But yeah, she then goes and visits her other farm friend who is feeding his chickens other farm feed. And that whole scene where again, music would have changed that scene completely, but she walks in and sees just his feet windows broken birds about the the bedroom. You see a little bit of blood and then you look at his face and his eyes have been pecked out and it's not, they do like the wide shot. Then they cut in for a mid shot and then they go super close into his face
1: which mm-hmm. just that, part that, was of the really film, think, was
0: that was really it, gory was amazing. It's still kind of gory now.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I would have to agree that that threw me. Cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, like what, what, what else are we going to be seeing in this film? You know, like I just, I wasn't expecting to see something that gruesome.
0: Mhm, And I'm definitely glad that they did not get like, that was like the most gruesome dead. I mean, basically the only quote-unquote dead body. So I was glad that they did not show Annie. Like, we all knew that she was dead, and you could see that she was dead, but they didn't do a close-up of her, so I was kind of glad
2: of that. Right. They didn't show it over and over again like they do mm-hmm. in some horror movies. You just see it again and again and again, right? Yep. So it's just a good one- stylistic choice. The one, there was one thing in the movie, remember when she's in the phone booth? Tippy Hedren's mm-hmm. in the phone booth? Yeah. And she runs out of the restaurant, she's in the phone booth, and there's seagulls and birds flying all over the place, and the cars, and then, okay, there's a horses pulling a wagon. I just, why did they put that in that scene, I wonder? Because it seems um, like it didn't really <laughs>
0: I think it's to show that maybe the horses are also being tortured, and it's a dramatic effect to see all the I stuff fall like, off know. their cart. But
2: it's like a garden wagon, but oh, yeah. I it seemed a, a little, little bit horses. out of place to me. But yeah, well, and I don't know like what the laws were before when this movie was made. You know? Yeah, maybe a bird would hurt. Yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> I have a feeling that maybe. Animals might
2: have been harmed in this film.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Especially if they're tied, you know, to a woman's clothes.
2: Right. Well, (laughs) and, and she also said they were hurled at her. Ravens, doves and pigeons were hurled at me for five days. Oh, and I heard that she had to take like a
0: week off in filming that scene because she actually got injured or because of her stress.
1: Well, I have a story about that and Barb, if you want to chime in, please. Um, but okay. like I heard there's a lot of controversy with this film and the way that Hitchcock treated Tippi Hedren, um, because Hedren apparently was hit on by Alfred Hitchcock a lot. And oh, yeah. like, there was a lot of him, you know, kind of an obsessive behavior and inappropriate, mm-hmm. inappropriately, yeah. Touching, and all that and so some say that he was deliberately inflicting injury on her for revenge like in that phone booth because um, of rejection yeah because of rejection mm-hmm. and I, I believe it yeah and it just it sucks cuz you're just like come on man just keep it in your pants you know just mm-hmm. be but, professional
2: well and, but they didn't have to be professional because she didn't have any way to protect herself if she wanted to work she had to endure it yep. that's how it was back then I'm glad things have changed and I, on the last documentary I watched or interview I watched on she said she tolerated it up until Marnie and then she wanted to take some days off to go accept her golden globe and she didn't say what he said or did but what ever it was was very offensive and she said i'm not putting up with this anymore and he said you can't afford to quit you have a child and she said my family wouldn't want me to endure this sort of indignity but then he ruined her career he wouldn't let her out of her contract
1: he kept paying
2: her so much money a month and whenever any other producers or directors wanted to hire her, they had to go through him. And wow. he always said she was not, av- he always said she wasn't available.
0: That's unfortunate. so she couldn't what? work. Yeah. That's not a good guy. At all. So was Marnie a Hitchcock film then?
2: Yes. I actually haven't watched it. If I have watched it, it's been long enough ago, I don't remember it, but I've just, I just know that it was right after the movie first. Ah. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, um But yeah, he was obsessed with her. That's what a lot of people say. That's so creepy. So creepy.
0: I'm glad that the doesn't it's frowned upon now. I mean it's taken thirty years, but forty years. But I'm glad that's not a thing now not as much nowadays.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I hate that it still happens, but I mean I mean it's obviously frowned upon and thank god, but I just wish that it didn't even have to happen in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh I was going to say too, another little fun fact that I found out about this movie was the guy that owned the restaurant when the they came and asked him if they could use the restaurant for parts of the movie he's like yeah only on uh two conditions like I want the hero his name was Mitch he owned the restaurant so he's like I want the hero to be named Mitch and keep the name of like keep our name our town's name so our town can get some fame from it so Bodega Bay is actually a real place that's what it is that was the town and that was the actual restaurant
1: Yeah, I, I remember hearing that, too. I didn't know that. So I'm glad that I'm glad he's trying to make a legacy for himself here.
2: <laughs> uh, there was I think a he lot had, like, of good name. actors in this movie, mm-hmm. though. I mean, I saw a lot of familiar faces in this movie, you know, from oh, the guy who runs the restaurant to uh, the lady in the pet store. You know, there's, there's a lot of um, – I'd like to look up all their names and see – where they all went from here from this movie.
1: Oh yeah. Because there's For a lot sure. of
2: familiar faces in the movie. <laughs> I
1: really like the restaurant scene because there's a lot of actors there um, you know, trying to discuss what is going on. You you know, Amanda you said like the guy in the back, it's the end of the world and then like You know they're talking about other attacks, and there's the kids. They're getting scared, and the mom who's trying to like calm them down, but is like, "Can you please get us out of here?" And the guy's like, "I haven't finished my drink." Like, there's just so many components happening in this scene that are all jiving. Like it's 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 like mass hysteria is forming, but it's it's contained just in this restaurant. And I don't know. I just I was. I was I was there for it. I was there for it all because it's just this drama that's happening with birds. These freaking birds, you know, that are attacking people. And I mean, it's just such a strange premise. And you're seeing how different people of different backgrounds are reacting to this. I mean, you got a mm-hmm. bird watcher. I'm sorry, not a bird watcher, but like. Um, the bird mating. Yeah, whatever she says. Something, a birdologist. But, you know, she knows all about birds and their patterns and why they're doing what they're doing and that this could never happen. Um, I don't know. It's just it's really interesting to see that. And I kind of have a question for you two. I mean, do you think that it was something with Melanie with these birds? Because it seems like the only time they were attacking was when she was around.
0: (laughs) That is definitely a Hitchcock layer.
2: Right. I think no, though, because when she, at the very beginning, when she's walking into the pet store, the birds are like starting to swarm. And the lady at the pet store says, I think it must be a, a storm is coming in. That'll bring him in. So I don't, I thought that, but then at the very beginning, they're already there. So I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But there I is think the the lady- people in the small. I think the people in the small community blamed her because, you know, she was kind of a city girl, rich girl, quote unquote, bad girl. So right. they didn't really like her anyway. So they yeah. blamed it on her. <laughs>
1: it's easy to blame the outsider for sure. But all this well, and... didn't happen until mm-hmm. you came into town.
0: Yep. That's what that one lady said. But it also, um, it's a slang term, you know, back in the day when you say birds you're actually, it's kind of like a, eh, sort of a derogatory term towards women. Like women that are like mm. picking and, you know, saying little snippets back and forth or maybe saying things between the lines. You know, like maybe when an ex-girlfriend is hanging out with a potential new girlfriend and words are minced or something like that. But that's something I think Hitchcock definitely put into into this film too, because a lot of the phrases and the way that they talk about the birds, you could also quote unquote apply to people apply to like, you know, people fighting or bickering or overreacting Mm -hmm. or doing things uncalled for. Right. But, uh, yeah, I I don't think it's Melanie's fault, but yeah, small town will definitely do that to somebody for sure.
1: Yeah, I I wish that no, let me, let me rephrase that. I <laughs> I wish that if that this will never get a remake because I and I'm I'm sure there isn't a remake, is there?
0: Not that I, I don't know think of.
1: So. Okay. I knew there was a sequel and that bombed, but I wish that there will never be uh, a remake of this because I think this still holds up, and I don't want to see this like made with modern technology because, I don't know, I think they just pulled this off so well with what they had.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. It would take away from it, I think. It's just, it's such a classic movie. And nothing in it needs to be changed.
0: Yeah, and it would be modern. There's just some
2: things you need to leave a Yeah. It would be too
0: modernized. They would add music to it, and it would just be, it just wouldn't be as good ever, period. But, yeah. yeah, um, So, do you have any other things to add there,
2: Quentin or Mom?
1: I don't like. I I think we kind of covered it, a lot of it. It's
2: one of my very favorite, very favorite movies. I can watch over and over again. Um, Alfred Hitchcock. I I know he was probably not a nice guy to work with, but I did like watching his movies and his shows. He did have like a Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know if it was on once a week, but they were pretty good to watch too. I remember um, that. Or it was like his penciled outline.
0: It was like his penciled outline. Right. Step into the profile. Holy
2: cow. Right.
0: I forgot about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, but yeah, I I do. And I I do feel bad. Probably the downside of this show is that Tippy Hedren was discovered and then he basically owned her and then ruined her. And I do really feel like she was a fantastic phenomenal actress oh she was like she she was yeah she was in every scene of the movie every scene you're right and she had she had to learn a lot and go through a lot to make this movie and then it kind of got taken away from her
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's, really that's the downside of it yep definitely but i yeah i think i hit all of my notes and just going back to watch this again—it's just a great classic horror film. Something definitely. The climate's changing. It's October. We're headed towards Halloween, so it definitely uh, kind of hits that mood. And yeah, thanks, mom, for introducing me to horror movies. <laughs> oh,
2: you're you're so welcome. I'm a good mom. <laughs> I that one of my very favorite female or whoever Halloween costumes is the Tippy Hedren. Birds costume, where it's the classic suit with the crow on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a Halloween costume you cannot go wrong with.
1: <laughs> Very yeah. true.
2: I love, I love that costume.
0: Oh, I've thought about it
2: before. If I <laughs> well, still did that, <laughs> uh,
0: no, I'm thinking I might try to hand out candy bars to kids, but uh. <laughs> oh, I might look into that. I might look into that. It'd be fun.
2: But whoever hasn't watched The Birds, watch it and research your Alfred Hitchcock, your Tippi Hedren. Um, watch a little more of Alfred Hitchcock's movies because I think he was a brilliant director-producer. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that nice of a guy, but a great movie maker.
1: Right. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with that.
2: All right. So uh,
0: wrapping this one up, Quentin?
1: Yes. Uh, So we want to thank you, Barb, so much for being on this episode and introducing your daughter and I to the birds. Um, This was a blast. Well, if if you ever want to, you are more than welcome to ever come back. I do have to ask before we let you go, do you have a favorite genre?
2: Horror movies. For awesome sure. horror movie.
1: I love that it. it was just so easy. Like she just gave an answer and that was it. That's awesome. Because um, I mean, it's so hard <laughs> for some people just to choose one. So then we're like, all right, we'll choose like seven. Go no, but
2: uh... <laughs> okay, I'm, okay. I'm gonna leave you with a little bit of a funny that has nothing to do with the birds, but this will, maybe will give you a little bit of a hint into. I mean I'm a really nice person and I'm not a hard hearted person. Mm-hmm. I just like exciting horror movies. I don't like really mushy stuff that well. Right. But when I was in seventh grade <laughs> the movie Love Story came out. Okay. You remember have you heard the movie Love Story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But but it was a whole big thing and there was a song and music boxes that played the same song and all of that. At the end of the movie this girl is dying of cancer, which which is very sad. But the the famous line in the movie is, love means never having to say you're sorry. And I'm with a friend, and I look over at my friend, and she's bawling with tears running down her face. And I'm sitting there like, this is the dumbest thing I've
1: ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> that is so funny.
2: But I'm like, I'm like, no, love not doesn't mean never having to say you're sorry. Love means you you're big enough to say you're sorry.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see how that goes with my wife and see how how far that gets me.
2: Right? Look, I don't have
1: to say I'm sorry. We're but married. I'm
2: like, that was the difference between me, me at age fourteen and my friends at age fourteen. I was in Alfred Hitchcock. They were bawling their heads off at Love Story. That there you go.
1: <laughs> That's great.
2: Yeah, we don't have to cover that movie, Clinton. Just FYI, <laughs> I might have to
1: watch it. I might have to watch it and get back it to you. It wasn't
2: really in its day. It was a really good, famous movie, but it wasn't my thing.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Just put that out there. Oh God, this explains so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way too. Like I, I love brother, me a daughter, good like rom com but when some stuff gets like way too cheesy i'm like you can hear my eyes hitting the top of my skull where i'm like no
2: did you roll your eyes out loud oh
0: no <laughs> yep <laughs>
2: definitely <laughs>
0: well barb
1: we would love to have you on again if you want um you know, just down the road. Um, we're so thankful to have such great hosts all the time. Like or I should say guests, but yeah, they are, they're hosts. They're part of this with us. Um, so make sure to kind of check out our other stuff. We just released a Zodiac throwback where we did once upon a time in the West. And we did that with pop culture leftovers, Brian. Um, that should be, that will be under this episode on iTunes. um, Please check out our other genres we've done, and I'm excited because it's October, so it's going to be a horror month, and we have some really great guests lined up, don't we, Amanda?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's going to (laughs) be a fun month. I'm really excited. So definitely keep up with the journey. Um, If you want, please email us with your suggestions for films Um, because we like doing whatever, you know, and movies are movies. We love watching them. Um so yeah give us give us your suggestions and Amanda I'm going to have you tell us what you're doing actually right now since it's October
0: Oh yes um I'm doing the uh, Spookfest with uh the Leftover Army with a uh, the old old man Scott shooty where we're reviewing movies um one movie for every day of the month of October and we have a uh, like Rebecca Winkler and uh, Shanks on too, and yeah, so it's like they're like 20 minute snippets. The first half is non spoiler, the second half is full on spoiler. So if you want a lot, if you want to know a lot of good horror movies to watch, check us out.
1: Yes, and I'm gonna reiterate, they're short. So don't worry mm-hmm. about, like, oh, well, I got to put in another hour. No, they're like 20 minutes. Go check them out. They're fun, they're fast, and they're easy to listen to. I mean, it's, Scott's a great host. I got to be on his show a couple times, and he's just so freaking funny. Um, Amanda, you're obviously awesome as always, so don't ever worry about that. But, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just, I love, I love that you guys are doing this because you're doing films that not a lot of people are aware of. And I think it's good that you're, shedding some light on these films that, you know, not as many people are just like, oh, yeah, I know that horror film. Scott's really good at that. He's just, he's seen everything under the sun. I that like, dude comes...
0: watches, oh, man, the list is crazy. Right. And it's awesome. So um, I'll shoot some over to you, Mom. Pardon? I said so I'll shoot some of those movies over to you so you can watch them.
2: Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking that. I was going to say that. (laughs) Um, But,
1: yeah, like I said, email us at therealzodiac at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I want to go ahead and do a little mini plug. I actually started another podcast that has nothing to do with movies. It has to do with my other passion, music, and it actually has to do with a – Specific passion, and that is the Beatles. I um started a podcast with fellow podcaster heroes of noise host Steve Hudson, and we have on our panel uh we have him and I, and then a coworker slash best friend of mine, Kelsey, and my mom um Julie and what we are doing over there is we are reviewing. And talking about every single Beatles song that's ever been released. Yes, is it a lot? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. And we just put up our first episode, Love Me Do. And our podcast is called The Magical Mystery 4. And find that on iTunes, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, We just have one episode out right now. And as of this recording, every Tuesday, we'll be releasing an episode... And, uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, like I said, it's another passion of mine. Check us out. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. So other than that, I think that we're going to call it quits on this episode of The Birds. Again, I want to thank you, Barb and Amanda. Always a pleasure. And, uh, until next time. Oh, oh my gosh, dude, we forgot to rate this thing. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs)
0: What's happening, guys? Uh,
1: yeah, let's let's go ahead and rate this thing before <laughs> before we call it quits.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Yes. Um... Yeah, mom. Still
0: <laughs> are in. Fill her in. <laughs> so,
1: Barb, uh, our rating head. system is, is, is really simple. It's either it's one to three reels, one being the worst, three being the best, and you can use .5 increments or anything in that range um, to kind of tell you what you want to rate this thing. So to kind of, like, let you – um get a breather before you pick. I'll go first and then Amanda, you want to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first off, I'm probably going to give this one a <clears throat> 2.5. Um because like we've talked about, this is a great film. It's it's a classic and a staple in the horror genre. But I mean it's not a perfect film in the in the sense I think it could have been shortened just a little bit. Um some of the scenes went on a little too long, but at the same time that's just how it is. You want to like be able to grab everything you're seeing. So I'm not saying that's really like a fault of the movie, but for me, I could have seen some of those just kind of cut down a little bit. But other than that, the film is great. So I'm going to go with the 2.5. What about you? Amanda?
0: Um, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. It's, it's a 2.5 for me. I mean, it's definitely rewatchable and it is a classic and it is a horror movie that doesn't use music the tension's just like way different, and it's. I I like the horror movies that don't answer questions at all. You just are in it and rolling with it. So, yeah, two point five for me.
2: How about well, you, Bob? You know me, I'm gonna give it a three, a three, because <laughs> it's like my very first horror movie, and I probably thought when I was five. So, um, you know, it introduced me to Alfred Hitchcock and, um. I I never really noticed how long it was, but mm-hmm. you Yeah. Know, I I don't I love it. It's one of my all time favorites. I'll watch it every time it's on. So I'll just give it a three. Nice. Perfect,
1: nice, yeah. So this one did really well <laughs> on our Real Zodiac uh, rating system. So with that, I'm not going to say the whole spiel again. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll we'll catch you later on. Thanks Real... for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Really. So, Thanks, Mom. see you guys next time. Keep it real.